Alrighty. So, so what we've been looking at for some time is the judgment of the world in the book of John. Jesus saying, now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And we began last week looking at John 5, in connecting John 5 with that statement. And we're going to take a real hard look at some things in John 5. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to John chapter 5. And we will start at verse, I don't know, 14. So let's go to John five fourteen. In verse 14, it says, Afterwards Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. And to put this in context, the man he's speaking to is the man that he healed at the uh, pool of Bethesda, or the sheep market pool. So, so Jesus had healed this man, and this man was in the temple, and Jesus tells this man, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. Verse 15, The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to kill him or slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. I love the old English. My Father works, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. I want you to mark this in your heart. We're going to look at greater works here. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. We're going to stop right here. We're going to come on down through here. For the Father loveth the dead, or loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. And we're, we're looking at these greater works. Now, to put this in context, Jesus had just dealt with the man that he healed at the pool of Bethsaida if I'm saying that correct. So, we have for years, or I had for years, until maybe a year or two ago, considered greater works were doing more of what Jesus did. I had, I had considered that 
I had thought that, I, you know, for, for a period of time I thought that, then later on I probably didn't really know what it meant. And one day I'm sitting before the Lord, and I hear it by the Spirit of the Lord. And when I hear it by the Spirit of the Lord, I went, oh my Lord. So I really want to communicate this with you, that the Lord show you. I don't want you to say, I'm telling you. I want the Lord to really show you this and make it real in your heart. Turn over to John 14 and keep your place in John 5 because we're going to come back to John 5. But let's turn for a moment to John chapter 14. And read at verse 10. John 14, verse 10, Jesus says, Believest thou not, what does he say? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me further for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do. Notice this right here, what he says. The works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. All right, Jesus says, the works that I do shall he do, the he that believeth on him is going to do the works he, he does. Well, those works were healing the sick, raising the dead, the, the natural dead. Those were the works he did. And he said that those that believe on him were going to do them. And the early apostles did those same works. They did what Jesus did because Jesus was in them. That's why they were doing the same works he was doing, because Christ was in them. But he said, greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. And I and I when I see things by the Lord, I go, it just blows my mind. In in back in John five, the greater work, as the Father raises the dead, even so, the Son quickeneth whom He will. This is the greater work. He, he, he tells you, if you look at this real close, he says in verse 20, For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. Where you're going to marvel at is inside. We're going to flip over to Ephesians 1, and I'm going to show you where Paul's dealing with this in the church. So we're going to marvel on the inside. Alright, so here he says 
and, and it goes together as he's talking here, for as the Son raiseth the dead and quickeneth them, or as the Father raiseth the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Now look, read this together, 20 and 21. For the Father loveth the Son and shows him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, than, than the healing of the sick. Now, these are great works, and they're the works of God, so I do not want to discount them. But he said he's going to show you greater works than these, that you may marvel, for as the Father raises up the dead. Now, who did the Father raise? I'm going to stand up for a second, because my seat went down. At the Father, who did the Father raise from the dead? He raised Jesus from the dead. He says, as the Father raised the dead and quickeneth them, that means makes alive, even so the Son will quicken whom He will. Who will the Son quicken? Jesus tells you in this same chapter who He quickens. He that believeth on Him that sent me hath life is quickened, raised with Him. Jesus says this, that you have passed, in this same chapter, you have passed from death to life. But I want to slow down here. Flip over to Ephesians 1. Because I get excited and sometimes I run way ahead. So I'm trying to slow down. Ephesians chapter 1. And we've been in that this morning, and we were, I think we may have read it last week, but guess what? We're going to read it again. Ephesians 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your mind enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints." And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? Look at this right here. He's saying that your heart would know the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ. Here's the work He did in Christ, the greater work. See, He did a work in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. This is what it is. Wrought, worked. That's what this means. According to the working of His mighty power. See, Jesus says, the Father works and I work. Right? And we see that in the natural side that He did, He healed the sick he raised the natural dead. He caused blind eyes to see and all of these things. We see that and we believe that. The people in this broadcast, I believe everybody here believes God physically heals. 
And, and I don't want to discount that. I absolutely believe it, need it, love it, and believe it's of God. But here's the work God did. God worked in Christ a greater work, and that was as the Father raises the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickens whom He will. And Paul's praying that the eyes of the heart would be enlightened to the work that God has done in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. This is a work God did. And he said this work is toward us who believe. Do we hear that? This work of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is toward us who believe and that we're set at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, verse 21, and might and dominion every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. And have put all things, not some things, all things under His feet, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. And He said, these works shall you do. Now that word, shall you do, I looked up the, the Greek word here. Shall you do, back in John, and it means to make or do, or abide, bring forth, execute, yield. So, so we yield, or bring forth, or abide, or do the works God did in Christ. Remember Jesus said to the, the disciples in one place, He says, I have many things to say to you, but ye cannot bear them yet. Howbeit, when the Spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will bear them. For He's going to take a mind and He's going to show it to you. He's going to show you my work. He's going to show you because, He said, because I go unto the Father. Because I'm going to be revealed in you, and He's going to show you the work I did in my death, my burial, and my resurrection. And see, see, we got into this, the Son quickeneth whom He will. Keep this in mind. He quickeneth whom He will, as the Father quickeneth the dead, even so the Son quickeneth whom He will. Now turn over to Ephesians 1. He quickens whom He will. Turn to Ephesians 1. Or Ephesians 2. We're in Ephesians 1. Ephesians 2. Telling you to turn where we're at. But Ephesians 2 says, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has done what? Quickened. The Son quickeneth whom He will, hath quickened us together with Christ. Not just quickened us apart. And this word here, together, means as one, united. He has united us together with Christ. See, our resurrection is not separate from His resurrection. 
Our resurrection is His resurrection. That's what a lot of God's people don't understand. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So, so when I receive Jesus Christ, the same work God did in Christ when He raised Him from the dead is now in my heart. John said, of His fullness we have received and grace for grace. So we've received God's fullness. Have we all read that? Sure we have. So that fullness, that full work Christ did is in us. But it doesn't just automatically appear. It has to be revealed. It has to be made known. It has to be taught by the Spirit of God that you and I could bear it in our hearts and manifest it in the earth. So we're quickened with Him. By grace are you saved and have raised us up together. Now what's, what's interesting here, this isn't the same word together as the one before. This one means to rouse or raise from the dead in company with. So you're not raised from the dead alone. You're raised from the dead in company with Christ. That's how you're raised from the dead in company with Him. You're quickened with Him. You're raised with Him and made us sit together. And this word together means to give or take a seat in company with. So everything is accompanying Him. And this is what Paul was praying, that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened in the knowledge of Him. Of the work that God did in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand far above all principality, power, and dominion. And gave Him that be the head to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. And until we comprehend this, we won't manifest it. And, and what the earth needs is the manifestation of Him in the earth. That's what the earth needs is an answer. You know, whether they're going to accept the answer may be another story. But not just the earth needs it, the body of Christ needs it. The body of Christ needs to have Christ revealed as the greater work. And they need to see that, that this work God did in Christ, and that's what Jesus said, the Father worketh in me. Listen to that. He said, the Father in me doeth the work. What work was the Father doing? Like I said, He was healing the sick. He was doing all those miracles, signs, and wonders. But He, he, he says in, in, in Corinthians, Paul writes that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. So He was doing a greater work than what we, what we sometimes see he was doing a work of reconciliation. He was bringing us to the cross. He was bringing us to the death of Christ that His life could come forth in us. That was what He was doing. And when this begins to be born in our heart, man, I'm telling you, it's exciting. I don't even know, I don't even have words to express 
what I hear and see of the Spirit of the Lord, I can just say what Peter said. It's joy unspeakable. And it's full of glory because the glorified One is being revealed in me. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. For we're raised together, seated together. That in the ages to come, and this word to come throws you off a little bit. It means to supervene. That is arise, occur. It occurs, you know, in the natural, the age to come, you could say was when the destruction of the old temple was fulfilled. You could possibly say that. But, but Jesus, but Paul wrote in Hebrews 9, he says, or the writer of Hebrews, I believe it was Paul, so excuse me if it wasn't. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 9 that once in the end of the world, any way you slice it, that's what he says. And the world there means age. It does not mean the literal physical world. It means the age. Look it up. The age. Once in the end of the age hath He appeared. He appeared at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. And those that look for Him shall He appear the second time unto salvation. Well, there's, you, you know, one understanding of that was like the Old Testament priest. He entered into the Holy of Holies, and they were looking and waiting on the Old Covenant priest who come out of the Holy of Holies to say it's accepted. You know that? They were. Every time he went in there, they were looking that God accepted the sacrifice. But here's another thought that's in here. Those that look for Him, shall He appear? Who's looking for Him? Behold, I come in the volume of the book. It testifieth of Me. He tells them when you look for Him. And looking for Him doesn't just mean standing outside like, like the men when Jesus was carried up into heaven. And, and they stood there gazing up into heaven and, and what the angels say, why do you stand here gazing in heaven? This same Jesus shall come in like manner as you've seen him go. Now I've opened a can of worms here and I'm going to try to close the can of worms. So he went into heaven in a cloud. Everybody agree with that, right? He went in a cloud. A cloud received him out of their sight. My question to you is, what cloud? I agree the Scripture said a cloud received him out of their sight. If I study my Bible, the cloud of God was God's presence in the Old Testament. If I look through my Bible, the cloud is all the way through the Old Testament. God appeared to Israel in a cloud and a fire. And lo and behold, they called that the glory of the Lord. In fact, they said the glory of the Lord when that cloud and fire filled the house. They said the glory of the Lord filled the house. So the Son of Man will come in the same way in the cloud, in the glory of the Lord, as you saw Him go. And see, He told this to, to them in multiple places. I don't have all the Scriptures in front of me. 
He said, but hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man coming in the glory. And that one place he said, coming in the glory of His Father. Well, if I go back to the Old Testament, the glory of the Father was that cloud filling the house. And that, that's what the glory cloud was. God filled the house. God came in and filled the house over and over again. God showed that in the testimony of the truth that's in Christ. And see, Christ came and filled His house. Think, think about this. On the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from where? Heaven. And the sound as a rushing, mighty wind filled the house. Now consider something with me here. That Old Testament house was still sitting there. And that glory of God that came there on the day of Pentecost, it didn't go back to that house. It filled 120 in the upper room, and those brothers and sisters got up saying, You are the house of God. You're where He come. You're His abode. You're His dwelling place. That He might be revealed. Because God wasn't coming back to that Old Testament temple. He was done with it. It was over. And a lot of dear hearts, a lot of precious hearts, born again, spirit-filled hearts, are looking for that old temple to be reestablished. And God's work was done there. It was over because the, you know, Jesus told the woman at the well. What did He tell the woman at the well when He come and met the woman at the well? What what she say to Him? We worship God in this mountain. Sounds a lot like Christians. Well, we worship God. We believe this way. And then she said, "You Jews worship God in Jerusalem." So Jesus says to her. Woman, Jerusalem is the true place of worship. That is the true God. The the God of Jerusalem is the true God. However, but now is the time when you shall neither worship the Father in this mountain, nor in Jerusalem. I wish God's people heard this by the Spirit of God. Now, 2,000 years ago, I don't know how many times Jesus told us, now is the time. Now is the time when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall live. Now is the time when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. Now, what made it now was Him. He made it now. And that old covenant temple, that old covenant understanding, that old covenant heaven and earth was taken off the earth. And a new one was brought forth. Wherein is His righteousness? You are made righteous. You are made holy. You are made complete in Him. You never go back and look at that law for your completion. Because I'll tell you what, whenever you do, you're going to fall short. The law always showed you you were short. 
It always did that. It always has. That was the work God designed it to do. To show you that in and of yourself, you could never be made whole. And your wholeness, your wellness, is Christ. That Scripture speaks so much in my heart. A couple of Scriptures, and I'm going to stop. I've been at 28 minutes, and we'll have to, Lord willing, continue this on another session. But, uh, behold, God said, I desire truth in the inward parts. Jesus comes on the scene and says, hey, I'm the truth. <laughs> this is what God desired, is Christ in you, the truth. That's where you're complete. Till you know, I know we all that's sitting around here, I believe everybody that's sitting around here has received the Lord. I don't think I'm talking to people that need to be saved here tonight. But what needs to happen is the revealing of Him in all of us. The Israelite was a type and shadow of this. When they came up to the land of Canaan, the man with the sword in his hand met him, met Joshua, and Joshua said to him, Whose side are you on? He said, Neither. I'm the captain of the Lord's host. See, God's not on our sides. God is in us. God is with us. God is for us, but... But not for our ideas. He's the captain of the Lord's host. You are the Lord's host. You are the Lord's army. And when Joshua was leading them into Canaan, he told them, he said, you've never been this way before. Or the Scripture says that. And that was speaking of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now these people in type and shadow were already blood-bought. They'd already went through eating the lamb. When they came out, the Israelite came out of Egypt, they ate the lamb. They entered into the house, they ate the lamb. The apostle writes they were baptized into the Red Sea. They were baptized into death in the Red Sea. They come to Mount Sinai and received the Word of God, the law, the cloud came up, down upon the mountain. So 50 days later, as speaking of Pentecost, they come to Sinai, and there's the cloud. And yet they had to enter into the land. And the Lamb was speaking of the third day. The Lamb was speaking of the revelation of Jesus Christ. That He had to be revealed in them. And see, that's what has to happen to the body of Christ, is Christ has to be revealed as He is, so are we in this present world. But till He's revealed, see, a lot of Scriptures that we're looking at are dealing with it, a child and a son. A child does not know how he should be. Even in the natural, the child doesn't understand it. A child is in utter dependence of mom and dad. But a son has come to maturity. A son comes to understanding. A son comes to reality. And, and Paul says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they that are taught of God, they are the sons of God. 
So they're going to manifest what God is is because God is teaching His Word. And see, His Word isn't just to print on your page. It's the Word that the print on your page speaks of. The Word, as John said, in the beginning was the Word. That wasn't the print on the page. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word that was from the beginning in God's mind, in God's heart, everything He had predetermined was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that's the Word that God is revealing in our hearts. And it lines up, honey, with the written Word. It lines up line by line with this written Word. It's just seeing the written Word in light of the Word. Now, I hear, I hear brothers and sisters try to do away with the Bible. I'll be honest with you, I will not have none of that. Because this Bible was given of God. The Word of Moses was given of God to instruct us in the ways of Christ. It was designed for that time to bring a people to Christ. And us that are in Christ, it is there to instruct us, to teach us that we be that. He be made known. But He is a living Word that is revealed in our hearts. That's in our hearts. He's already in your heart. But He has to be revealed in the glory that He is. I mean, there's much more to say on this subject, but for time's sake, I'm going to stop right here.